We are so excited that you're here to worship with us today and study God's word. He deserves all the honor and glory for what he's done for us in Christ. And that's why we have a hope in Christ, because he died and rose so we can live with him. And that hope changes everything. I want to be clear about that. Today is also a day to honor our moms. Happy Mother's Day. Moms, we want you to know we love you very much. And, and I need your help. If you're in a room with a mom or you're in a car with a mom, wherever you're at watching this, if you can locate a mom, I've got a mission for you. Here, here's what we're going to do. Whenever I say go, we're going to rush to our moms, give them a hug, a kiss, uh, let them know we love them, whatever your family's love language is, lay it on thick. And we're just going to, to build them up and let them know we care, get some energy in the room. If you're in the room and you're not going to do this, take a picture of what's going on. Take a, a movie clip of this, and we're going to hashtag it on social media. Love you, mom, GFCC. So are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three, go. Go find that mom. Give her a hug, a kiss. Let her know you love her. Say happy Mother's Day. Uh, really, really uh, let her know that we're there and we love her so much. Good job, guys. Let's settle back down in the room. You may be thinking, that was strange. First time I ever ran across the room and gave someone a hug during worship. It was a little strange. Well, these are strange times. Many of you are like Tiffany and I, and you have not seen your mom's for uh, weeks, maybe over a month. Here's the reality. We need to do our very best to continue to build one another up. And this is a perfect day to focus on our moms. So I want to do this right now. It's strange times. I have an opportunity. Mom, I love you. Thank you for uh, the way you modeled God's love to us and the way you just uh, encouraged us and, and disciplined us at times when we needed it, which was often. I also want to say I love you to Lori. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you uh, for loving our family and loving uh, Tiffany so well and raising her to be the woman she is. Man, uh, we need to take those opportunities. I want to challenge you right now. Send your mom a video. Give her a call. Uh, maybe do something extravagant. Maybe drive that extra hour and just wave at her from the yard. I know that's hard, but we need to do strange things during these strange times. This week, I asked you to help me with something because we've been hearing a lot of strange things in our houses. I asked this simple question. What are the strangest things you've heard your mom and your house make a request for? So I came up with the top five strange mother's requests during the quarantine. So here's number five. Don't hug grandma and grandpa. You do not know where they've been. Kind of a strange thing to request, but I've heard mom say that. Number four, please eat the rest of the snacks for lunch. It's like a kid's dream. I'm tired of cooking lunch. Just have the snacks. Number three, kids don't talk to the neighbor in the yard. Just yell at them from across the street. Who would ever thought our moms would have told us that? But I've heard moms saying that. Number two, can you watch another movie right now? I have a Zoom meeting. I know a lot of children have heard something like that. Just act normal during the Zoom meeting or whatever it may be. And the number one strange request for moms right now is, it has to do with this. From now on, toilet paper, one square at a time. All joking aside, we love you moms. We do. You have so much on your minds and so many things to do. Thank you for keeping us stable during these uncertain times. And keep making those strange requests. We love them. There was a woman that brought up a strange request to Jesus. It was actually for her two sons, James and John. And the interesting thing about this strange request is it's not that different than the, the requests that you and I usually make before God. She thought she was doing the right thing on behalf of her boys. She thought that she was doing them a favor. But she made the request, she exposed her true flawed motives. And that Jesus explains that, that the mission cannot be anything of selfishness, but 
The mission of a follower is to serve. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20. We don't see the name of this woman in this passage, but Matthew chapter 20, we see that this woman uh, brings a request for the, the sons of, of Zebedee. So pick up this passage in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. Notice this woman was willing to kneel down. She was willing to bow before Jesus. This was a gesture to show honor, uh, to show that she loved Jesus, and she was willing to respect him. But please hear this. Our mission and our momentum as Christians uh, takes off first uh, by this idea that, that we, uh, we love God first. True worshipers love God and put him first. We, we love God. We adore him. We praise him. We, we're willing to bow down before him and to honor him, to show him that he has a first place in our life. As Jesus saw this woman bowing before him, her motives immediately came to his attention. It wasn't really to put him first. She was honoring him in hopes of what he could do for her. He knew her motives at an instant. Jesus also knows our motives. And I would challenge you today to, to shape your heart, to ask God to, to, to change your will that it would match his so that your will could align with his, so that your heart could be the same heart of Jesus. Too many times we come to a place of worship, we come to a place of honoring God, and what we really want is a favor like Jesus is being asked by this woman. David had the same struggle that I do with this. We need to constantly have our hearts reshaped for God's glory, for, for it to align with his will. David writes these words in Psalms 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. God knows your heart. And when it aligns with his, when your will matches his, amazing things happen. You're going to be blessed more abundantly than you could ask or imagine. Jesus knew at this time this woman's heart was flawed. She had a, a flawed motive. But he was still willing to work with her. Look at this. Look back at the text to Matthew chapter 20, uh, starting with verse 21. He says, what is it you want? Jesus already knew, but he was, he was trying to get to the bottom of it with her. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You do not know what you're asking, Jesus said to, to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. They said, sure, we can do this. We want to leave with you. We want to be a, a, a top-notch leader among your side. There's going to be blessings that flow from that. He says, you do not have a, a clue what you're asking for. So often we think we want to be greatest. We think we've got life figured out. We, we believe that if we were the leader, we would know uh, the next step and the next step. But what Jesus is saying, it's difficult. It's especially difficult to be a leader for the kingdom of God. It is hard to be a leader uh, in any fashion right now in these uncertain times. And so much of the time that we think, man, I, I know what's best. And if I could just have this position, I, I would have all the answers figured out. Instead of judging our, our leaders right now, I would ask that you would pray for them. We need to hold our leaders to a high, high standard. But we also need to pray for them. Pray for our president. Pray for our governor. Pray for our mayor our local city leaders, pray for your elders here at FCC. Pray for your deacons, the church staff. 
Pray that we would have wisdom as we look uh, to reopening the church at some point. Pray for wisdom that, that we would be able to keep the church safe, but continue to proclaim uh, that hope changes everything like never before. And Jesus says a key to this, we're going to see here, is not by being a worldly leader, but seek to serve those that we're around. We need to seek to serve. That is our third uh, part of our mission statement. We're going to love God, love people, and serve all. And Jesus is telling us to seek to serve here. Look back to the text in Matthew chapter 20, starting with verse 23. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to set it in my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those who have been given, prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Jesus is saying here, he is saying, in today's world, uh, then and now, never changes, that authorities like to rule over people. He says, not so with you. In the kingdom of God, uh, true leaders are going to be servants. What a great challenge from Jesus. We need to seek to serve. Jesus makes it plain here. If you're a follower of Christ, if you want to share the hope of Christ with the world that changes everything, serve them. But Tyson, these are such uncertain times. I'm not sure that, that I can serve others. The quarantine has me in such a place where, where I need to, to be a little bit more stable before I can help someone else. I, I feel like I just got to get to a little better spot before I can help and serve others. Please hear me on this. Don't wait till you feel good about how you're doing to help someone else. Make a choice to help someone else and they will be better and you will be better. So many people right now are paralyzed by how they feel. We can't wait to, help, uh, to wait till we feel better. We, we need to, to move because of the facts of what Christ has shared with us. So many people are feeling fear and they're stuck in their tracks. So many times we don't serve because, well, what if I can't provide for myself or what if this happens? If you know someone is in need right now, step up and serve them with the joy of Jesus in your heart. Joy isn't found in life by trying to please yourself. It's found in life, live to please others. Have you noticed that some of the, the most joyful people, some of the happiest people I ever met are people who make life about everyone else instead of themselves? And moms, I want to thank you for this. That's what a mom often does, is they'll put the needs and even the wants of their children ahead of their own. And when a mom does that and sees their children happy, they have joy. Jesus truly said it best. He says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So seek to serve. But you may be thinking, Tyson, how can, how can I know who to serve? I first want you to just open your eyes, look around. There's so many people that, that need help right now that you can step up and help. Pay attention. Listen. Listen to the people that are around you. Maybe it's your mom or dad, brother, sister, your child, your coworker, your neighbor, the people that you're with every day. Listen to what they need. And then I want you to ask yourself, and be honest right now, this is for everyone, be honest. How do you respond to someone when you're asked if, if you can help them? Too often we say things like this. I hear at my house, here at church sometimes, here down in the community, you'll ask for something and they'll be like, okay. Hey, can you help me with this? Oh, I guess so. They may say, if you really need me, if, if you want to make me, uh, people say, sure, I'll help. And these are some that have really uh, frustrated me over the years, to be honest. You ask someone for help and they like, okay, boss. 
in that cocky attitude, or, or maybe this is the one that you have at your house like we do. I'll ask one of the boys to do something, and they'll be like, whatever. And then they do it, but, but with, the, with the heart that there's no joy, there's no happiness. My heart can do the same thing. Just today, as I was wrapping up the sermon, I was asked by one of the, the co-workers, hey, can, can you help me move the tables? And I didn't say anything. I just kind of just started doing it. What type of attitude did that display? And, and I, I repent of that. We need to have a joyful spirit when we're given an opportunity to help someone. We need to say things like, it's my pleasure. I'd be happy to help. I'm glad to do it. Uh, when someone asks you to do something, say, absolutely. I'd love to help you. There's a major difference of what we convey and the attitude of hope we have in the future just by our response of how we can serve. What's hurting your positive attitude? I often think it's selfishness. Well, I want to do this or I want to do that. So what we have to do, uh, seek to serve and say no to selfishness. Too much of the time, we're like James and John's mom, thinking what we can get out of it. And we often get agitated, frustrated, even mad because we're not getting what we want. I know right now on some days when, when things go bad within our culture, with the quarantine or whatever, things that don't go my way, I begin to be frustrated and my attitude stinks. We need to turn that around and have a positive attitude. The more we whine, the more we complain, the more we uh, focus on what we want instead of what's good for the kingdom of God, I think God says, I'm going to hold back on this. God may very well be trying to get our attention as, as Christians, as churches, to focus on Him. What are our motives? What, what motivates you to push forward to come through this quarantine? I pray it's that hope changed everything, that Christ died so we could live, so we could share that hope with the world that needs him now more than ever. I wonder if God sometimes handles us as his children like I do mine. I wonder how much I am like the Father as he shares his blessings. Because I know, and I've evaluated this, when my boys, especially when they begin to whine, when they begin to complain, when they begin to say, well, this is not fair, this is not what I want, when they begin to make fun of others, I stop any blessing that comes from me. In fact, there's punishment that comes. I wonder if we're in a situation right now where God is saying, hey, I'm going to withhold my blessings because I'm tired of your whining. I'm tired of you not looking to serve others but what you want. We need to say no to selfishness. I can't help but wonder if sometimes God doesn't treat us like I treat my children. There are times whenever I see my boys succeed and I try to bless them. There are times when I see them selfish and I say, there is no blessing that's coming. Not long ago, the entire Graber family was in the Yukon and we had a project to take care of in Pokey. And then we were going to go to Highland and, and have some ice cream. And we were all kind of excited about spending that, that evening together. But while we were in Pokey, we encountered a, a situation that was really awkward. And, and one of the boys said something that was very uh, disrespectful and I believe selfish. No one else heard it, and we knew this, uh, and I was very thankful for that. But each of our own children heard that, and Tiffany heard it. So as we got back all in the Yukon, I simply said, that was wrong. And no one's getting any ice cream. We're all going home, and we're going to bed. And no one argued with that. But, but here's the point that, that, that I heard for them, that, that they paid the price. But, but the reality was that one of those boys was very disrespectful and selfish, and it was a consequence for everyone. I wonder at times as a church and as a country, as your own family and you individually, when we become selfish, God says, I can't give a blessing. In the same way, and even more, I believe God loves to give a blessing when we serve him in the midst of pain. When we're going through a struggle and we continue to, to not be selfish but serve others. I want to challenge you right now. If you desire a blessing from God, knock off your selfishness and serve someone else. Give to someone else. In Proverbs 19, it says this, 
One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. Colossians chapter 3 says this, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Both of those uh, scriptures point to the fact that God is, is wanting to bless us. He's ready to pour on an inheritance. He's ready to repay us much more than we ever invest on our own. But selfishness cannot be a part of it. Galatians chapter 5 says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Guys, we're free. We're a free nation. But don't use our freedom. Don't use our freedom in Christ. Don't use our hope in Christ to just pour into ourselves. But use our freedom to love others, to share that hope with others. Love one another. And hear this. We can never separate loving from serving. Our mission is this, and you need to hear this today. We need to pound it in our hearts and our minds. We need to love God, love people, and serve all. Jesus is not only a teacher of this, he's the example of this. He, he served us all. Look back to the text. Here's what it says in, in Matthew 20, verse 28. He says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You need to know this. Jesus gave his life as a ransom for you. That means he paid with his life so that your life could be saved. His life was, was crucified. His life was sacrificed so that you might live. He took on our sins. What an amazing testimony of our teacher, our Lord being our servant. One of the best ways he taught, even after he died and rose, is he continued to, to serve. In John chapter 21, we see an awesome text. If you have your Bibles, you can look at there. I'm just going to kind of share it with you this morning. We'll read over it quickly. But in John chapter 21... Jesus had been crucified. He had risen from the grave. And the disciples went back to fishing. They're like, we don't know what else to do. We're going to go fishing. And they're not catching anything. And Jesus sees them. He walks up to them. And they don't recognize him. He says, hey, friends, um, you have any fish? And they're like, no, we don't have any. He says, throw your net on the other side. And so they threw the net on the other side. They're like, we might as well try it. They catch so many fish they can't even pull in. Peter realizes it's Jesus. He says, Lord, and he begins to swim to him. And here's the cool part. There's already a campfire going with hot coals and some fish. Jesus, the Son of God, the one who died for these same guys that had just denied him, is cooking them breakfast. He's preparing to serve them a meal. He says, hey, bring the fish, and I'll, I'll, I'll fix you up the breakfast like you've never seen before. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, took time to, to slow down to serve these men who had denied him, who had mocked him, who had, who had walked away from him at this time, who had abandoned everything they had taught him. And he says, man, I want to teach you again about loving and about serving. And he did it by serving them. We, can, we also can serve others to connect them for the sake of Christ. Guys, that's what we're called to do. We have a hope in Christ that we're to share. One of the ways you can do that is by connecting with people, by first serving them. You'll get their attention. You'll, you'll, they'll lend you their ear. They will take time to listen if you show you care enough to serve them. That's what it's all about. Let me be clear. We are dealers of hope right now in a dark world, a dark that doesn't feel like anybody cares. Everybody's feeling isolated. Step out of your comfort zone and meet someone needs, and you can share with them the love of Christ. They'll ask for it. They'll ask what, what makes you different than the rest of the world? Say, it's Jesus. We know the hope we have in Christ. Share it. 
Connect with others by serving them. Serve all. Here's ways to serve during this time. Just, just brainstorm with me for a little bit. How can you serve your neighbor? Maybe shop for someone who's elderly or has compromised immune system so they can stay home. Maybe distribute toilet paper uh, to friends just, just to show you care. Here's a radical one. Pay someone's rent who doesn't have a job right now. If you, if you uh, maybe had a, a stimulus package and you know someone's really hurting, uh, take care of their rent payment or maybe an automobile payment for one time. Buy an essential worker a meal. Buy uh, the office coffee. Mow someone's yard. Clean somebody's gutters out. Serve someone in a way that takes you out of, the, uh, of your comfort zone. Here's another thing you do. Serve your moms. It's Mother's Day. Share with them the hope of Jesus. Let that be true first in your family. Serve your moms. Make breakfast. I know breakfast is already made, so make it for the rest of the month. That's a great challenge. If you're at home and you don't have anything going, make breakfast for your family for the rest of the month. Let mom uh, relax at that. Clean your room. Better off cleaning your house for your mom. Become a servant and have an attitude that says, man, I'd love to help you, mom. We're called to love God, love people, and serve all. It starts in your home. It goes to the community. It flows from the church where we are going to radically change the world for Christ. Can you imagine how awesome it will be when we have a church full of people, moms and dads, boys and girls, grandmas and grandpas, uh, single parents, couples, everyone loving God, loving people, and serving all. Thank you for letting me serve you today by sharing God's word. It's an honor and privilege. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you for today. I thank you for our moms that are here now that we're not able to be around that have went on before us. We thank you most of all that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us so that we could live. Let us follow his example and serve so that others would be drawn to him and grow in him and so that we could hold on to the hope that changes everything together. In his name we pray. Amen.